4,000 weeks time management for mortals. <clears throat> the average human lifespan is absurdly, terrifyingly, insultingly short. Here's one way of putting things in perspective. The first modern humans appeared on the plains of Africa at least 200,000 years ago, and scientists estimate that life in some form will persist for another 1.5 billion years or more until the intensifying heat of the sun condemns the last organism to death. But you, assuming you live to be 80, you'll have had about 4,000 weeks. <clears throat> Expressing the matter in such solid terms makes it easy to see why philosophers from ancient Greece to the present day have taken the brevity of life to be the defining problem of human existence. We've been granted the mental capacities to make almost infinite ambitious plans, yet practically no time at all to put them into action. The space that's been granted us rushes by so speedily and so swiftly that say all but save a very few find life at an end when they're just getting ready to live. <clears throat> it follows from this, hey, it follows from this that time management broadly defined should be everyone's chief concern. Arguably time management is all life is. Yet, the modern discipline known as time management, like the, its hip cousin, productivity, is depressingly narrow-minded affair, focusing on how to crank through as many work tasks as possible, or on devising the perfect morning routine, or on cooking all your dinners for the week in one big batch on Sundays. These things matter to, to some extent, no doubt, but they're hardly all that matters. The world is bursting with wonder, and yet it's rare productivity guru who seems to have considered the possibility that the ultimate point of our frenetic doing might be to experience more of that wonder. The world also seems to be heading to hell in a handcart. Our civic life has gone insane, a pandemic has paralyzed society, and the planet is getting hotter and hotter. But good luck finding a time management system that makes any room for engaging productively with your fellow citizens with current events or the fate of the environment. At the very least, you might have assumed there'd be a handful of productivity books that take seriously the stark facts about the shortness of life instead of pretending that we can just ignore the subject, but you'd be wrong. So this is not BJ Palmer, in case you weren't. This is another author that I just started reading his book, 4,000 Weeks, is quite clever, Oliver Berkman. And um, the thing I really like about it is it makes me think, like, <laughs> on the grand scheme of things, right, I'm on the end section of the number of weeks, right? You guys are on sort of like in the beginning, middle section of where you are in your 4,000 weeks, right? Um, and, but I'm kind of closing in until the last, like, third, right? Of, of my 4,000 weeks. And the question that that makes me think about, and I think about this all the time, and my wife and I are constantly having this conversation, is like, what, what are we gonna leave? Aside from money, right, right, okay, so Palmer's gonna have all this money. But aside from money, like, what are we gonna leave here? What is gonna be our legacy? What, what are we doing here, right? And not only what are we going to leave, but what are we going to do so that we don't just die leaving something, right? Right, there's an old saying like, um, uh, I, I don't remember where I heard this from, but it's an old saying that talks about, you know, like if you look, and I'm not being too morbid hopefully, but if you look at a tombstone, usually there's the, the person's birth year, right, and date and stuff, and then there's a birth, the end, you know, their last day, but then there's a dash, right? What are you gonna do with that dash? That's really what this book is about. What are you going to do with that dash? And it's not about being more productive and, like you said, you know, making all your dinners on Sundays to save some time or how you can get more things done or how you can do time management better or how you can multitask. You know, I have all these people saying, oh, I multitask. You really can't. It's a nice thought, right? And you might be able to manage a couple of things at once. Like you can say, well, I'm on Facebook and I'm listening to you and uh, I'm writing a note uh, and I'm cooking. So you might be able to say, I'm multitasking. But you're really not, because what you're doing is not paying attention to anything. 
Right, that's what's really happening. And one, there's another quote in here that's further uh, down, but it's not in the free uh, sample here on Amazon. Is um, it, it, it talks about like if time management was the important thing, then that would be the most important thing to learn. So it really isn't time management. What it, what the most important thing is like time wonderment, right? To really understand how fragile this gift is of time that we have right because this is it this is all we got and it could be gone like this and for some people it has but we're still here so what are we going to do about it number one what are we going to do about it so that we can have the best possible life that we can have and not just in terms of money not how much money i'm going to make i make tons of money but that's not my goal right my goal is how many how can I serve and when I serve a lot I feel good that makes me feel good and that's the legacy I want to leave right that's like what's that dash that dash is he served he gave it his all he gave a hundred and ten percent to every person every situation every possible thing he gave a hundred and ten percent but I, I don't want to say that I spent all my time in the office right because nobody's tombstone says like, I wish I spent more time in the office. That's not what, that's not the last words or not, I wish I spent more time in the office, you know? <clears throat> There's an amazing book by Leo Tolstoy. I don't know if you guys read some of these older works, but Leo Tolstoy, uh, it's called The Death of Ivan Illich. And one of the things that, death, that Ivan Illich, this character in this book said, he had spent his whole life uh, running around and running around and, help, and trying to do all these things and running, running, running and amassing this big fortune. But at the end of his life, he looked at his wife as he was passing away and he said, what if it was all wrong? What if my focus on making money and making us comfortable and all this other stuff was all wrong? What if that was all wrong? And that's the last thing I want out of my 4,000 weeks. I don't want to think at the end, wow, this was all wrong. Like all, I, sh I want to look back and say, I spent really great time with my wife and son. I want to say, I really connected with people. I want to say, I really tried to make a difference with my patients, right? Not I spent more hours and I made X amount of money and saw this many patients a week and this many, that's not my goal, right? My goal is how can I make those 4,000 weeks the best 4,000 weeks that I can? And whether I am fortunate and I get to 5,000 or 6,000 weeks or something happens and I get less, I want, to make those weeks the best I can. And I want to, like one thing I, I ask you guys to really think about, like this morning, how many of you guys looked up as you were walking here onto campus or you're getting out of your car? How many of you guys looked up? Probably none of you, right? And why not? Orion's belt was so clear this morning. It was magnificent and you could see Venus over there in the distance. And like, I was just talking about this with Lisa. Do you realize that those stars, that Orion's belt was around 100,000, 200,000, like when he just talked about before, how the you know, modern people, you know, Homo uh, sapiens and their direct ancestors started evolving around 200,000 years ago. Those stars were there. The conversation amongst people then looking up, obviously not knowing what on earth they were, but looking up, and they, they made, like, Orion's belt is like three stars in a row like this with Beetlejuice in the middle. 
And if you actually use a telescope, if anybody has a telescope or binoculars, if you look in there, you'll actually see the Crab Nebula, which is absolutely magnificent. But anyway, so you're looking at, the, at Orion's belt like this in the, in the distance, or you can see the Big Dipper over here, and that hasn't changed much in like hundreds of thousands of years. Now granted, some of those stars are so bloody far away, like hundreds and millions of light years away, and if you think about what a light year is, right, like a light year is how 365 uh, or whatever thousand miles per second for a whole year, and then multiply that by like a hundred light years or a million light years. Could you imagine how far that is? So some of those stars out there may not even be out there anymore. Like what we're looking at could just be an image of what used to be, and, and we could be a blank sky for all we know, really, what's, what's happening with the exception of like our local planets and stuff. But if you look at that, if you look at the Big Dipper, you look at Orion's belt, you just get like this sense of like, oh my God, like this is big. What we are in is really big and you and I are honestly pretty small in comparison, in if the whole grand scheme of things, right? And I'm looking at Orion going like, wow, like people a hundred thousand years ago, the first people to kind of have a, a prefrontal cortex un, big enough to understand that there's more than just feeding and, you know, you know, grooming themselves and protecting themselves, that there, there was more to life, that, that, that life was, was about you know, connectedness, they would look up together as a group, just like my wife and I did this morning, and say, wow, look at that. But we don't do that anymore. We spend all of our time on Facebook, and we spend all our time sitting with our heads down. <clears throat> I had a new patient yesterday, said the main reason I'm here is because my posture. He said, I've noticed as I do the work that I do, that I'm getting more and more and more hunched over like this, and I don't want to end up like my folks, right? And it wasn't, he said, I have no pain. I have no pain whatsoever, but my posture is really off, and I'm taking care of his wife and his kids. And he said, I want, I want to be a part of this family plan thing that you have going, because I don't want to be like this. I don't want my kids to see me like that when I'm older, right? And that's what I'm saying, like, the, there's wonder in what's out there, but we don't spend time doing it. It's really not about time management, <clears throat> I think, and that's what this book is about. It's about time wonderment. How can we get more wonderment out of our time? How can we look at the time we're having? Like, yesterday, I'm taking care of this beautiful child, and she's all over the place, all over the place. She's on the spectrum, and she's all over the place. And she's like running around in, the, in my back office and she's rolling on the floor and she's you know, just like shaking and moving like this. <clears throat> and I said, come here, come here, just sit down. And I took her hands and we, I gently pulled her down onto the adjusting bench and I started squeezing her hands. We call it compressions. And I'm squeezing her hands, I'm squeezing her hands. And she started calming down. And I said, okay, why don't you lie down now? And she slowly lied down. And then I was able to adjust her. And she was, and the, the mom is like, I don't know how you do that, but my daughter loves coming here because she knows you connect with her, right? And that's the wonderment that we miss every single day, right? You could easily, as a chiropractor, say, mom, hold her down, you know, CA or intern, hold down her legs, and I can go crunch, 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 as she's kicking and screaming and not wanting to do stuff. Or I can go into her world, right, and try to connect with her, and that's the whole point. The whole point of what it is that I do is it's all about connection. Are we able to connect? I want to connect to each of you. I want to connect to my patients. I want to connect to my interns. I want to connect to my wife and son. 
and I want to connect to the larger picture that's out there. Like so when you look up and you see Orion and you see the Big Dipper and you see Venus, you're connecting, you're making that connection. But if we spend our, our lives with our heads down, all you're doing is connecting to a keyboard or a phone. And that's what I think the ultimate point of this book is, is what do you want to connect to? In your 4,000 weeks, in that dash between the beginning of your life and the end of your life, what do you want that dash to mean? Right? I want that dash to mean connection. I want that dash to mean honesty and integrity and loyalty and love and motivation and happiness. That's what I want that to, <coughs> to mean to me.